Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right now we welcome in a longtime NFL executive, multiple uh, NFL executive of the year. His career goes uh, really traips wherever Bill Belichick went and then on to the Atlanta Falcons and Scott Pioli joins us now. Scott, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And you can get Scott at, at Scott Pioli51 uh, on Twitter if you're looking. And, of course, uh, he's now dabbling in media stuff if he doesn't go back to another team, which we'll see what happens. But, Scott, how about this? You're a guy who built championship teams with Bill uh, up in New England. Um Everyone knows it's a different year. The draft's going to go off as is, but remotely. You're not getting the same uh, hands-on ability to examine. You don't have the travel. You don't have the ability. So what are you hearing? What are the hardships that guys who do what you do have to face to, to do the draft correctly this year? Yeah, you know, Mike, it's interesting. I've been listening to this and watching it, talking to some of my friends that are GMs and head coaches, and you know, for all the complaining and, and the excuse-making that, that has started, I'm actually a little bit disappointed because the bottom line is everyone is in the same boat, Mike, and I think you just have to go back years and understand what we're not going to have this year is the event, right? It's not going to be this spectacular event that the NFL has created, but we can still get the work done. Teams can still get the work done. Teams can still be ready, and I think what general managers and and teams have to understand is the teams need to be set and ready whenever the season is ready to start. So I I am a proponent of the fact that we're going to hold the draft. Even, you know, I feel terrible genuinely with everything that's going on, and we need to move forward in certain ways. If we want to have some sort of normalcy on the other side of this, we have to be ready to go, and part of that is the draft. You know, I think I listen to some people that are complaining about it. It's not my type of leadership that I really like to hear or that I'm a part of. You know, look at this, Mike. You know, when we get into situations when the season starts, right, there's players that are hurt. We force those players that are hurt to play. We force coaches to coach teams that are beat up. This is a circumstance that is beyond everyone's control. There's work to do. See it as an opportunity and just do the work that you have to do. I mean, we, yeah, we, so GMs can't get on private planes and fly out to teams and have private, uh, to players and have private meetings and sit down private meetings. But this whole process has been going on since April of last year, right? That's when they start evaluating the players. They have a scouting staff. They have a personnel department. They have general managers that should be watching tape throughout the entire fall. We've had all of the All-Star games, the East-West, the Senior Bowl, the Combine, all of these times for teams to sit with players, interview players, have, you know, have their coaches meet with them at the Combine. The people that have been working should be prepared to do what's coming in a couple of weeks, which is the NFL draft. 
I'm Mike Francesa in New York, CBS uh, Sports Radio, and of course on the fan. We're coming to you live from the uh, Rocket or mobile version of the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. They're challenged, these are challenging times, as we know, and Rocket Mortgage is prepared for you to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24 7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you during these very trying times. The way I look at it, Scott, is the way it always is. The teams that are Adaptable. The teams that are better on their feet and are just better prepared are going to be better at this too. They are. That's just the way it is. The guys who are good at it are going to be good at this. So they'll be good at whatever's thrown at them. The teams that are terrible are going to be terrible at this too. Exactly right. And, and but here's the thing: in the draft, every general manager makes mistakes. Every general manager has good picks. Every general manager has bad picks. So you just have to understand. Don't build in excuses for reasons that you're going to make bad picks. You know, it's kind of like that old theory about not talking about injuries, right? Coaches that don't want players to talk about injuries. People think that coaches do that sometimes so um, so teams can't game plan against them or so a player doesn't put themselves in the way of a greater injury. But truthfully, Mike, I think a lot of that comes from coaches, knowing the coaches that I've worked with. What they don't want people to do or players to do is have a built-in excuse for failure. And I think that's what general managers have to do now is instead of the time complaining about what can't be done, do what can be done. And, and you're right, Mike, the teams that do their homework and have been doing their homework or now find alternative ways to do it. Right? So now they're locked down in rooms at home just like all of us. They can be sitting there watching tape after tape after tape. There's an opportunity to be less distracted by other things, to look at players while they're playing games, to look at players that played in those all-star games you know, against top competition. The toughest part, Mike, is going to be as we get down to the physicals. Like, for instance, the best example we can use this year is, is probably Tua. Tua. Yeah. Exactly yep. right. Now, we saw what the baseline was at the combine, where his injury is. This is an injury that is improving and progressing moving forward. And those are the kind of players that, you know, because you're not going to be able to see them, there's going to be risk. And that's part of, that's part of what this is. There's always risk. Now, there's going to be another handful of players that didn't finish the season playing that also finished, whether it was a torn ACL or, you know, all the players that did not finish the college football season. And what you'd like to do is see them perform, see how they're progressing in their injury and their rehabilitation. That's a problem. However, you know, what teams are doing now and what, they, what we've always done is our trainers and our doctors are in constant communication with trainers and doctors at colleges, getting medical reports, getting medical updates, getting information. So a lot of the information that we gather for the draft on players that are rehabilitating, teams are still going to be getting now. Now, do we, all, do we like to get our hands and our own MRI machines and X-ray machines on players? Yes, we do. But those images, the way that this medical industry is now, we can get those images sent to us directly from doctors, from the players, individual doctors or team doctors at their colleges. So I think there's a lot of hand-wringing right now um, by some people that might be looking to try to make some excuses. We're talking with Scott Pioli. Scott, let's go inside the draft room for a second, into the war room, uh, and the debates that go on. Now, let's not use the Pats for this reason, because Belichick is in a rare position where everything he wants he gets. Other teams aren't built that way, where you have the typical fight 
between the scout who's got a hard opinion and the guy who the coach who wants a certain player or and the GM's got to make the decision between that argument will the scout win that argument more this year than in the past because they won't have the the coach won't have as much hands on with the players as he might have this year the most important part about the fights and the fights are good or the arguments or the disagreements are good the most important part in any draft not just this draft is that the fights and the arguments and the emotion come out well before the draft and the weeks before the draft. That's when you need to, people have to have their cases closed before. So you don't want that fight to happen the night of the draft? No, gosh, no, because that becomes a distraction. And and when you're making, there's a time for that, right? And that's during the preparation. And you should have all, you should have the books closed before you go into that draft room. Now, there will be times during the draft where you bring someone in, you bring a scout in, you t- again, because I, I've always worked in draft rooms that are very, very small settings between seven, eight, nine, right. ten people, and you will bring a coach in, you will bring a draft in to say their final word because you want to make sure at that moment of truth where they stand, where the accountability is going to be, and hear one more time. And truthfully, very often the owner wants to hear, and that's the first time that the owner will sometimes get an audience to hear why we've arrived at the decision we're making. Even if you know the decision we're making, that we're taking Joe Smith, you call the offensive line coach in, you call the scout that was the offensive line expert and the area scout from that area, and you say, listen, we're talking about taking Joe Smith here. Quick one, what do you think? But you're doing that before you're even on the clock. The time for arguing is not during the time that you're trying to make a thoughtful decision. And you know, a lot of times the GM has to be the arbiter. Now, in New England, it's different because it's one guy who has the total voice. That's unusual. I mean, that's the Belichick or your father-in-law, the guy who's in total control. In most organizations, there's a guy who is going to maybe be the guy who has to decide between two strong voices. Will that change a little bit this year, or you think it'll be business as usual? I think it'll be business as usual for however a franchise runs. You know, the way that they've been run, where it'll be different and where it'll be unique is the, the franchises that have new head coaches or that have new general managers. And because they're going to be learning on the fly or they're going to be creating their process on the fly. And, you know, Mike, to go back to, to Bill, you know, I, I, there's this image of Bill, and Bill is not as dictatorial as he is perceived to be. Bill. I think one of the gifts of, uh, uh, that Bill Belichick has, having worked with him for 17 years, he is one of the best listeners that I've ever been around. At the end of the day, does he have final authority to make a decision and not make a decision? decision? Absolutely. But I know in my nine years with him in New England, I can't tell you how many times he deferred to me and or we deferred to scouts in the later rounds of the draft and did things based on what the knowledge in the room were. There were times where Bill said, all right, what do you want to do here? And he would, you know, he would defer to myself and uh, myself, Ernie Adams. And, but I'll say this also, Mike, for the most part, if there was a disagreement on who we wanted to pick at a certain point in time, particularly in the early rounds, if Bill and I didn't agree on the player or Ernie Adams was also very involved, if the three of us were not on the same page with a player at the high rounds, we did not draft a player. So usually when we picked a player, all three people had agreed. on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And there were times where, you know, Bill um, swung me. But again, all of this is done before the draft. This how much will the scout who's been hands-on, how much can his conviction swing you guys? 
Uh, it's important at the beginning part of the process. It's very important. Um, you, you know, in our structure, it was more how they helped set the board and then we reset the board. So they have an important, the, the value of the scouts are invaluable in terms of the information that they gather. Because for Bill and myself, there was only so much background and understanding about the player that we could gather. We would have to rely on scouts and the boots on the ground in those college communities and those college towns to know the players. Because, you know, one of the big things that we, that we were about was we wanted to build the team and build it the right way with good football players that could adapt and live in Bill's structure, right? And knowing who could fit in that structure and live in that structure and that culture was very important. That's what we really relied on the scouts for. And then, you know, as we got to it, Bill and I made a lot of the decisions. But again, we, Bill and I saw things a lot, a lot the same way that many of our scouts did. And that's when you feel really good about a pick. Let me ask you this year, we're, and we're talking with Scott Pioli of the Pats and of the Falcons, a longtime NFL executive. Um, Scott, this year, coming up to the draft, no one's going to have even a clue what these kids have been doing for 60 or 70 yeah. days because nobody knows what anybody's doing for 60 or 70 days. So the behavioral issues that usually red flag things before the draft that come up every year, this year guys are going to be flying blind on that information. Mike, you bring up a great point, and it, it, it's a terrific point because it's not only the behavioral issues where they're getting themselves in trouble. Or out of or shape. getting themselves yeah. in trouble. Exactly right, staying in shape. So that's why, to me, this year it's even more important that you're looking at players that are the motivated players, that are the gym gotcha. players, all the gotcha. players that are committed. So you're nailing it. You want to know the guy's behavior even more than regular this year because you haven't been able to put eyes on him. You haven't been able to get anybody to look at him. Absolutely. And the teams that have good scouting departments and have good scouts that have been the boots on the ground doing all of that work. Again, hey, Mike, there's teams right now, the area scouts, are working on the 2021 draft. They're not only helping close the books on the 2020 draft, their jobs right now is they're talking to people and watching tape on the guys that are going to be in the 2021 draft. So you're relying on those people and the information that they've gathered, gathered through their sources and hoping and praying that they did their job very well. Knowing your expertise in this, do you? there's so many people who or considered, you know, NFL draft insiders, quote-unquote, who keep talking about these trades for tour. I think this year you're less likely to get a trade because if you're going to trade and make a move up for a player like this, you're going to want so much information, and you're going to want your doctors all over this guy, and that's not happening this year. So I would think it would make teams less less likely to make trades this year. Right, and how reliable is the information that you're getting um, because again, we do, everyone who's who's on Twitter or on social media got to see the workout that he did the other day. Right. But that information is being put out there by their agent. Right. It's good looking. It's good looking. Yeah. That doesn't make their agent a bad guy. No. They're doing the smart thing. But again, how are you finding out what's going? Because in that injury, particularly Mike, as we know, it's about blood flow and the regeneration of all of the issues in the hip, in the hip where he had that that issue, as we know, way back from the Bo Jackson injury. Yep. It's a completely different time right now in terms of rehabilitation and, and, and that, that injury being, um, it, it's, it's just going to be much better this time around. However, you want to get your hands on them, and you can't, and you can't, and players like Tua 
are probably, unfortunately for him, going to be discounted because of the fear of the unknown. Interesting. So you think more likely teams will sit in their spot more than there'd be a lot of crazy trades in this just because of lack of information being traded at the last minutes, right? I, I want to say that that's likely, but then, you know, there's a lot of people up at the top that I know need to trade. Now, and likely there's going to be a lot of teams at the top of the draft, Mike, who don't feel comfortable about picking something because they don't know that will actually be trying to move back. Right. So this actually may lead to more trades at the top of the round. Well, the Lion guys are guys you know well, and everyone has them trading. So it does make sense that they would be trading because everyone wants to get up to get a quarterback, and they don't need one. No, they don't. No, they don't. Or, you know, they don't need one now. But no. if Bob, and Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are thinking longer term, Matthew Stafford's been a little bit banged up this last year. You know, he's now in his early 30s or he's 30. They need to start thinking about the future. So, but they probably won't do that in the first round. They need to win, though. That's, you know, he needs to yeah, win right know. now. He, or he's going to be in trouble there, Patricia. And you know Patricia very well. Uh, you know, are you surprised he hasn't had more? Uh, you look, Vrabel's had a lot of success out of you, out of you guys. Are you surprised, Patricia? Because Patricia's been weird. He's won big games. They've looked real good at times. They've had a million leads in games and collapsed in games. So he's not far away, but it's just not happening. And I think this is going to be a pivotal year. I think Matt Patricia is, is not only everyone knows how smart he is, I also believe he's a terrific coach. One of the biggest issues they've had up there is, you know, when he and Bob Quinn went up there, who, you know, worked with both of those guys, when you go and you bring this kind of culture, and it's a dramatic culture shift, it is very difficult to get the ship turned around. And I think now I'm, I'm happy for Matt and Bob, that they've gotten this extra year because this will be a pivotal year because this could be a time where they have a... Everyone knows the drill, and everyone who's there now knows what Matt Patricia's, you know, how he does things. They've brought in a bunch of guys in the offseason in terms of free agency that also know the way that Matt does things. So this is going to be a pivotal year. And, and and I think they're going to have whatever their best is going to be. It's going to start happening this year. Well, listen, they were close. I mean, they had a lot of leads last year. I mean, they led in almost every game, and they just yeah. didn't close the door in a lot of these games. And they've given away some players that people scratched heads. Well, what that means is those guys just weren't buying into their system. Is what it comes down, or their culture, yeah. or their culture. And, and 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 that happened. You know, it happens. People from you know. Mike, you know the people that have all come from this background and yep. from this tribe, so to speak. Yep. It's a dramatic culture shift. And just because a player, you know, it's like when we went to New England, like you know, when we went to the Jets in 1997, just because a player didn't fit and wasn't going to be able to coexist with the culture that was there and the dramatic shift in the culture that we were bringing didn't mean that they couldn't play, didn't mean that they weren't good guys. It just, didn't, it just meant that it wasn't the right fit. And players flourish in different environments. And, again, just because Matt had to move on from those players that were good players, it wasn't going to work with those people. And you have to go out and get players that fit the culture and the personality of the coach. So what would you, as someone who's done this a million times, what would you be doing differently in this environment that maybe teams aren't doing right now? What would be important to you that wouldn't normally be as much of a point of emphasis? Well, I, I would be watching a ton of tape, and I'd be having a lot of conversations. I'd be watching more tape and spending less time getting distracted by some of the um, some of the other noise. I think the other thing that I would do at, at, right at the beginning is make sure that 
No one in leadership and no one in the organization is complaining about what the problems are because, to me, that's a big part of the culture. Don't waste energy. Don't waste time on what we can't do and how difficult things are. Make sure that the culture, even though we were not together in person, make sure that the culture is one that is not complaining about finding ways to win and finding ways to be better than the other organizations. And part of that is watching more tape, is doing more research. To me, I would be asking the scouts to spend more time on the phone with college coaches who are also kind of out of work right now. Talk to all of you. Make sure your college scouts and your assistant coaches, right? If you're up at, you know, whoever your offensive line coach is, make sure that he's talking to the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator at every single player on your board at his position that he's in, that we're interested in. Spend time on the phone gathering information. You know, I don't know this. I should, I should probably know this, but are most college, are most, uh, is every college clo- closed? Is every kid home now? Or are some kids, could they be at colleges? Is every college closed? The only college that I heard of that was going to open or reopen was Liberty University. I read this crazy story um, during the week that they were going to reopen Liberty University. But so these kids are all home, and, and yeah. so they're all home, which is always tricky when they're home, too, is always a tricky time for these guys, too. You never know, depending what their backgrounds are. Some of them don't come from the greatest backgrounds. You wonder about some of these guys being home. Yeah, and sometimes going home is is the worst thing that these players can do, which is why, you know, part of the big-time college thing that existed was players getting out of communities that were marginalized, whether they were rural or urban, getting those players to the place, to the facility, and away from what could be potential issues back home. So, yeah, depending on where the player is from, it could be an issue for some, Mike. All right, each week leading up to the draft, Scott's going to be with us, so we'll talk about this as the weeks come up to the draft. Thanks very much, Scott. Have a good day and stay safe. Thanks, Mike. You too. Scott Pioli, back after this.